Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today's guest is the amazing Donna Campbell. So we're going to talk about her Healing Hearts Company uh, Foundation and so much more. She's an author. She's a coach. She's just amazing, as all the other guests are as well. So how are you doing today, Donna? I am doing great, and thank you so much for having me on the show today. That was welcome. Uh, you know, I know we've connected and... You know, it's one of those things, when you, especially when you're saying healing hearts and you're talking about peace and love, how can you not put those two t- things together? Right. You can't. They go hand in hand because I don't think you can have one without the other. <laughs> kind of like the chicken and the egg, right? Exactly. You yeah, but it's great when you have them all and you find that nirvana w- within yourself. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're in that state of just a pure unconditional love state, you really do have that internal peace every time. Yep. So what does unconditional love mean for you? Oh my goodness. It is more of an energy vibration of just is. It creates all things for me in the universe. And then once it starts going into creation, you can start applying feelings and emotions to it. But for me, it's a pure raw energy that forms into all things. So love is formless but yet forms all things. So you can't feel or see or touch love unless it's through symbols such as a heart or a rose, or um, maybe it's through the peace symbol or a sign like behind me. So when you start seeing those things, those are symbols of it. But if you really go back by itself, there's, it's just a pure energy. Yeah, no, I love that. It's, it is moving that energy and, you know, and that's why you could say to somebody who's not with you or not near you that you love them. You could send them that love energy, and they do receive it. Uh, they do. Absolutely. It also corresponds to certain frequencies. And the main frequency, if you go back, I'm going to butcher this word, solaflego, solafico frequencies back. It's in ancient tones from the mon- monks from like the 1600s. And the frequency is 528. It's a perfect, pure vibrational energy that heals everything and it's just a frequency that's awesome do you do any frequency work absolutely anytime i work with a client i do session work if i ask something and you would like to change this so you can have love or peace or balance or clarity and let go of the anger frustration (laughs) depression sadness and they say yes it's all through frequency healing. They receive the new frequency. It recodes the neurons in the brain, gives them a new paradigm, and the old leaves and the new comes in. And then they start attracting what they're asking for, not the things that they didn't want. So every time, every day this happens. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, replacing it. I, I use quantum codes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, had, I recently learned quantum codes uh, a couple of years ago at this point, and I didn't believe it at the beginning. And then I started seeing how when you use the practices, and it yeah. not only works on me because I say so, and you know when you start using it with other people who don't have, you have no control over, you would always have control over yourself, but when you start yeah. seeing the, the shifts in other people, it becomes more and more amazing. 
Yes, absolutely. And I agree with that. I don't necessarily use code. I just use whatever their words are, find the highest possible definition, and then it starts transforming. And so what this whole process does is in the subconscious mind, we have all of these events. And then throughout it records from the moment you're born to the day you exit this earth, an event recording, but it's assigning emotions and feelings to those of those events. Well, when we have a, a, a traumatic moment, or might have just been a little bit of frustration, for example, it gets stuck to an event. And then we have create a pattern of a conditioned response that we always have frustration in these similar type of situation. So if you go in, find the original event, shift out that emotion or feeling to a higher frequency, it changes the paradigm of the event, the event still happened, but you're sending out different energy to the world to attract back to you. Yeah, no, I, 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 I completely get it. And I would have never gotten it unless you experience things like that. Uh, I know the, some of the techniques I use when I have somebody clearing trauma that I've used on my, on myself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, how I've always explained it. It's like watching a horror movie. The lights are off and you're scared. But once you turn the lights on, you could still watch that same movie, that same experience. It happened to you. you. You don't change the memory, but you change the impact of that memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's in every moment, every possibility exists. It's just that the subconscious got stuck on one and created that instead of something that we'd much rather have. So how did you get into that? I, I, I'm always curious everybody's journey. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, I had been a financial advisor and a managing principal of an investment firm, and I was responsible for over $500 million of other people's money. And what happened for me was during that time, the last couple of years of my career, I wasn't able to digest food. And after Western medicine wasn't able to figure out what was wrong with me, I turned to natural healing. And that was my first introduction to because I couldn't digest food on the inside, there was something in the outside world I couldn't digest either. What surfaced was my marriage, which was incredibly challenging, toxic, and I ended it due to his unfaithfulness. And then I was left financially devastated with two small children after I followed all of the money rules after that. And that's when I knew there was something more and had some real, what I call pivot and shift moments in my life. After that, I met Buddhist monks. I met medicine women. I lived in an ashram studying science and brainwave patterns and figured out that you can shift these energies and frequencies and started my healing career. And this is what I've been doing now for the last 12 years. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate for all of us. I, I use the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix metaphor a lot about rising from the ashes, that we all yeah. need to experience it, and we all do uh, on different levels. And mm-hmm. even throughout our lives, it doesn't always have to be the, the drop at uh, your, your, your rock bottom ashes, but each level of ashes. And that's what brings us to exactly who we are supposed to be and the things that we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There are so many different places and points in there and things that I'm still learning today from 12 years ago that still shifts and changes my own energy and vibration. And so the things that I've learned, it's truly been priceless for me and for the people that I've worked with. 
that that's the important part. It, well, the important part is is us. That it, it starts with us because mm-hmm. you know I really do believe in that hopopono pono, yes, you know, sort of rule is that it starts with us. And once we are more centered, once we are happier with ourselves, we can then start changing the world through the energy, the shift of the energies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Because it's that whole ripple effect, just like this throat, the stone being thrown into the lake and it creates the ripples. That's exactly what happens with your energy field. If you're in an anger state, it creates ripples, but it stays really, really close to you and condenses. And then if it gets too condensed down, it's going to enter your physical body and it's going to form physical level disease. But if you get in those higher vibrations of the love and the peace and the harmony and the balance and the kindness, that ripple effect goes out a lot further because it's a longer wavelength and you can reach people. And if you want to see this work in action, all you have to do is go to the grocery store. And if your clerk isn't happy and they're a little disgruntled, just pick a store, just smile at them, send them that love kind energy and thank them for their service and for what they're doing. And they will shift and change on the dime because they will feel it in the moment and they'll be nicer to the next seven people. It happens all the time when we're doing it. We just don't always have the awareness. And to me, that's, that's a miracle because somebody else was happy and it had that chain reaction all the way down. Right. It's that butterfly effect. Once you make that one change, you know, yes. it's one of those things that we talk about a lot of times here is about the unlearning. So, you know, once you learn something or once you do something nice, it doesn't have to do about learning. But once you right. do that, it, it it could dissipate, much like in the uh, lake, throwing the, the the stone in, but it's still there. And people do think about it. And you never know what shift in any of those other seven people who might have been upset that they were shopping. And because the cashier was nicer, it started their day a little bit nicer. So, mm-hmm. you know, the ripple upon ripple effect, and it, uh, that's beautiful. Now, I know you said you had a, you have a financial background, and, you know, you were doing that as your career for a while, but you've also put together a book, uh, Financially Fit. So yes. uh, what, what's the book about? Well, let me first start by saying what it's not about. Mm-hmm. It is not about mutual funds and insurance and bonds and investing and financial planning and debt. And if that's your impression with the title Financially Fit, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to disappoint you because this book, which also says living the secrets to a prosperous and abundant life is really about these subconscious energies, these feelings that we get programmed with from the time that we're born, what's in our genetics, what happens in our history and where those emotional blocks get stuck in your money creation. So financially fit, the first part is talking about how we align the heart set with the mindset to have happiness on the inside to influence money. I take you through how to release those energy blocks that got encoded long before you could even talk. We talk about how to instantly create and manifest in our day-to-day life. There's a whole section on power, money, sex, and control, things that you may not realize. And then the last part of the book is really creating your own financial affluence story but you're bringing it into the present moment so you don't have to wait for it. That's awesome. Um, how'd you come up with it? So, so obviously you, you <laughs> no, basically, you know, it's, your, it's part of your story, but right. how, how did you sit down and write the book? When did, when did, you know, like for my book, I started coming up with this cluberty, how we got through our, our biggest challenges. And mm-hmm. I, I then came up with the, the, the name cluberty, but you know, I didn't, for, for me, I didn't realize it 
at the beginning. I didn't go sit down and go, oh, I'm going to write a book, and then it comes together. Once I started sitting down and making those realizations wow. of, you know, hey, that happened to me. Why did that happen to me? How can I clear that energy around it? And you start looking at a, a, a deep process. How, mm-hmm. what, what was your process? Well, initially what started the whole thing was when I was working with my clients internationally and I was realizing they were saying things that they didn't receive when they were a child. Like, I just want to know I'm valued and that I'm appreciated and that I'm worthy. And then I started instilling some of those higher energies in them. Even if we were talking about health or relationship, their financial situation always improved. And then it clicked Those were the same words we use in financial services. Here is your net worth. Your portfolio value is. Your assets appreciated. Oh, do you have enough money to fund XYZ goal? And if you didn't feel like you were enough on the inside, you didn't have enough money on the outside. So what was happening was that every time they shift in that energy vibration, everything in the financial world would change. And I was talking to an assistant of mine at the time, and she challenged me. She goes, Donna, let's do a financially fit program. Let's put together some things. What I want you to do is come up with eight topics based on your clients that are about this and how the subconscious of money creation happens. And so I did, and I sat down and went Facebook Live a couple of years ago, recorded them live, transcribed them, put them into a book, broke it down, and shared it to you step by step. That's awesome. And that's a great format for writing a book. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I found for myself I, to be right when I sometimes when I write, I'm too analytic, analytical and mm-hmm. it, it, it's better that conversational. So I love that you, you transcribed all the lives, so you multi-purposed the, the pieces yeah. and uh, you put it together for a book to put it out it's in the universe. It's the exact process that I use. It's the exact process that I teach in the Financially Fit program. Because I went through that process and described it step by step. That's awesome. So, and then how did you start? So, obviously, you're putting all your pieces together through the Healing Heart, uh, your Healing Heart Foundation, and things like that. Could you explain that to me? Because I love any of the 501c3s. It's part of my good, right. good idea. Right. What the uh, Healing Heart Foundation is about? It's really about giving to others because people have given to me. When I thought I was ready to give up and I couldn't move on and I was going to exit the healing industry and they'd say, no, this is what you're meant to do here. Let me help you out. And so it's a way for me to give um, and to give through. So one of the places that I do give to is M5M Foundation. It is an international foundation that provides nutritious, healthy meals to children all around the world, including the United States. And so we're in 26 different countries. And what's important about that for me in giving to that as well is the healthy, nutritious meals to children because where I grew up, I grew up in Silicon Valley, but I was on the other side of the tracks and I grew up near poverty, which meant welfare, food stamps and poverty to the next door neighbors, an older couple would go behind grocery stores to dumpster dive for the day old food to bring over to my house so we could eat. Mm. So I got my first job at 14 when I found that out. But it's really important to have really good food and to do that. And with my own story with digestion and things like that, it speaks to my heart. So I'm always giving, always giving through everything because I truly believe the world can be a better place. 
Yeah, no, I think, and, and when you're giving, you're really giving too. For, you know, so again, with this energy, energy uh, I talk all the time about giving back to people and things like that. But I also don't mind saying it's a little selfish at times because it really helps my energy. Not necessarily that I have to see who the end result person is who's receiving the gifts I have or the, whatever we do. It's the fact that I did something that moved it forward. And, right. you know, that we could all do something. And, and that's how the, that's where my goons for good idea has come up with, with a friend of mine uh, that used to be a bowling team that we were on. But, you know, now we want to do charity work. We both want to do charity work and we know some people. So it's not that you should give me the money. It's all about, hey, I know some people. And that's why I always really enjoy when I have a guest on who has a 501c3, uh, especially when it shows that they're passionate. It's not easy to achieve, but it's also to hear the passions about and why they, they're, what their passions came from. We'll be back in a moment. This is John and Mark Cronin from John's Crazy Socks. And we're interrupting to say we hope you're enjoying this episode. But please make sure to check out our show, The Spreading Happiness Podcast, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes are available every week on all your favorite podcast platforms. Join us on our new podcast as we continue our mission, Spreading Happiness. Thank you, folks. Beep, beep, beep. We are interrupting this show to tell you about our podcast with a very special announcement. Hey, folks. I hope you're enjoying your podcast, which you're listening to right now. But I would like to tell you about another one. We are Sounds Like Autism. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Which is full of impactful programming. It's the podcast that celebrates neurodiversity by speaking to the people who are helping to create a more inclusive world. I am Dave Thompson. I am an educator and an innovator and a leader within the space of helping the world become a more inclusive place for neurodivergent people as a neurodivergent self-advocate myself. And my co-host, Josh Mursky, is an incredible, hardworking, big-picture dude who is on the autism spectrum and super stoked to spread his message of inclusion along with me. We've had folks on from all over, all walks of life, all over the country, and more. You don't need to be someone who is autistic yourself or have skin in the game. You don't need a family member or a neighbor who is autistic. You probably have one, but you don't need any of that to get stoked on neurodiversity and inclusion. We're confident that if you give us a shot, if you join us on our journey, that you'll be a lifer and you'll be fully invested in this mission. We are just so delighted and honored to have this kind of platform to share with you all what we do check us out i hope you enjoy your current podcast and then after that skedaddle and come right over here to sounds like autism and check us out now back to the show you're listening to peace love and bring it back with me uncle dave dave shemetsky so you have a lot of passions and uh, i I, you know uh i know you know how do you manage you know the balance so with the peace and love we can we would talking about that earlier, but the bring a bat piece is that creating, making sure you know those boundaries 
and those yeah. non-negotiables in your life. So what are some of those non-negotiables or boundaries in your life that you, you hold to? Oh, my goodness. For me, it's balancing my personal time, which includes me, my family, my children, um, and the things that I need to do to make sure that I am whole and complete so I can be that energy for everybody else with my professional time. Now, with the professional time, yes, there's a whole writing segment. I'm also a professional speaker. I have a private practice. So how it is to keep that in balance. And I make sure that I have time blocked throughout the day, every day. And if I don't have pressing deadlines, I'll take off the entire weekend. And if I had to work over the weekend, then I take off a day during the week to make up, to keep that all into balance. So it's an ebb and flow, but it's also making sure that it's balanced. Like, and I've learned um, before I travel, I will work up to the day that I are to the moment that I have to get on the plane. That's my personality type. But yet my family needs me and I recognize that they don't want me to go. And then they know that I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. So the day before I travel, I make sure I take off the day or most of the day just to spend time with them. So then I can go be on the plane. Then I work 24 seven, I come home. And the very next thing I do is I take off another day to spend time with them because they are incredibly important to me. So it's always keeping that balance. And that's that type of Flow is a non-negotiable to me because I have to do it, not just for me, but for them as well. That's awesome uh, because that that's a perfect example how we do that in our lives. It doesn't have to be perfect nine to five, Monday through Friday things, but you still like those, those times and those adjustments. And and having the, the ability to give yourself permission to make those adjustments is so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's times on my calendar, I just write time off and I block it out. And people who have my calendar link and schedule, they just can't schedule on that time because it's blocked you, you have to take that time for you. And part of it for me too, is finding those little moments, those transition times. So if I'm driving home, for example, I live like two minutes from the lake where I live here in Montana, instead of just driving home, I'll drive down to the lake, spend 10 minutes, walk outside. It's cold this time of year. It's winter. And then come home and then I'll be refreshed and renewed before I come in. And sometimes I take a minute or two in the car before I even get out just to reset myself, refocus my mind and shift my energy for my next task. Yeah, no, I I love Montana. I was out there a couple of years ago to go to Yellowstone. (laughs) And I keep saying, so. I I grew up in, in the Northeast. I still live here in New York. And until recently, I was like, you know, I'm always going to be a New Yorker. This is where I'm going to, uh, wasn't where I was born, but it is definitely where, I, you know, I've lived almost mm-hmm. every moment of my life. But uh, recently, especially during COVID, I'm like, you know, I don't need the house that I have. It's a great house. But I was like, you know, it would be great to be in Montana. And I keep saying Montana. That's why when you said <laughs> Montana, so I'm like, yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, just leave me alone. Uh, I, I uh, Until COVID came, I couldn't stand being by myself. I didn't understand the whole I love me piece. And now Mm -hmm. that I do, um, I love me a lot more than I love, um, (laughs) you know, so much more. And I would be happy with that mountain house or a house where I can go hiking uh, five minutes from a lake. Yeah, it's truly beautiful. I, if I could live outside, I would, I love nature. So I had to get a house with all these windows just so I could see the trees and I'm kind of up on the hill. So all the trees are about halfway up because they're a couple hundred feet up 
where I'm at, but I'm still in town, which is nice. And I love being outside, going out and doing things. I've had to learn how to love winter and snow and skiing and all of that. So it's, it's just too, truly refreshing for me. And then I love to travel. And then I love to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. No, no. And, and that's the great thing about when you come home and you have something like that, uh, you know. Um, so I, I'm going to ask you, this is really more for me. Uh, so how is it go- in the winter? How's, how's Montana winters? Uh, I, oh, I, my goodness. I understand the cold because I'm from the New York Northeast. Right. So, uh, you know, cold is cold. You know. Our winters here are pretty consistent, um, 25 to 30 on the low end. We will get a week or two of minus, and then it warms up. We go through a January thaw, and then it gets cold again, and it snows. We just finished the thaw, so now it's starting to snow again, which will continue until about April. (laughs) But then the summertime, um, because we're here by the lake, um, 80, 85 is the average daily temperature. We'll have a week or two where it might get close to 100, but then it'll go right back down. So it stays pretty consistent in that range. We have all four seasons. You can do something every season if you love to be outside. And so it's definitely a year around the outside kind of place. I keep turning my head and looking and everything is because I can see outside the window. <laughs> what is it yeah, doing now? <laughs> and, and there's not much humidity. That was the one thing that I, you know, so 80, yeah. 85 is really not bad. It's it's really nice temperature, yeah. uh, obviously, especially thinking about it now. But, um, you know, but without the humidity, that becomes mm-hmm. like a home run. Uh, to me, yeah. at least. Uh, yeah. Our humidity index is pretty low. And when there's lots of humidity, it's either raining or snowy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, I, I know you uh, were an author with a collaboration book, uh, The Art of Connections. But it, really what I want to yeah. talk about is the inspirational quotes. What inspires you? And what was your, I guess, part of that that book? Yeah. I have a phrase that I say often, and it's the quote that I use for the book because we got to put in our own quote and it's live the life you love and love the life you live. And if there is something in your life that you don't think is working, then you don't truly love it 100%. And it's time to make a change or make a shift because I believe we are meant here to live playful out and love everything that you're doing. And it's a phrase and a quote that I use often because if I think to myself, okay, what didn't I love about today or did I love it fully, then I know there's something in there for me to shift and change so I can become the best version of myself with everything that I'm doing. And it's often what I think about when I work with clients, I'm utilizing the financially fit program, things like that, because if there's not something you absolutely love, then I know there's a frequency or an emotion in there that needs to shift and change so that you do. Otherwise, why are we here? <laughs> I think about that. Well, why else am I here? <laughs> you know, that, that was one of the conversations I just recently had with somebody who's going to be a, a guest on the show. And he was talking about the why not clear. I, and I, I agree with it. Why not clear as much as you can now? Why go through this again if that's what you believe? And even if you don't, why go through anything that you don't have to? If there's a feeling behind it that's mm-hmm. l- not doing you service. Like one of my favorite questions when I'm working with people is how's that working for you? You know, because a lot of people, I'm sure you've met the same people are, you know, yeah, this is how I've been doing it. Okay. But how's that working for you? Is that, you know, leading you towards what you would like, or is that still keeping you in that same pattern of, you know, less good results or, 
or results that are not really what you're really achieving, try, looking to achieve. And what I think about when you say that is, yeah, even if you don't believe in you're coming back to do this over again, so let's clear as much as possible and be in these higher vibrations, there's a law about cause and effects. And based on you, if you were the cause in your emotional state, you will have effects throughout that whole ripple effect throughout the universe, which will come back to you. So you can keep repeating in the same lifetime, the same thing, the same lesson over and over and over until you learn to change what's in the cause to create in a different effect. So it doesn't even have to be a different lifetime or, a, or anything like that. It can be from one day to the next and that all of your actions have um, a positive return or a consequence that will come out just from pure science. <laughs> so you can look at it from that way too. And that's what I do. That's that whole Kluberty piece mm-hmm. where, you know, I look at all the, 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 the pains that I felt and, you know, that's how I got here. I got, I was, I, all of a sudden I was going through a, a personal challenge and I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Uh, maybe used a few other words, but how did I get here? And I don't want to go back. I don't want to keep going back because I would go back in different parts of my life to certain things and I needed to clear that. And it was that energy work. And uh, at that time, I I really worked really hard on on myself. I got the the resources you need. And what resources do you use when when you need it for yourself? Because we all start, as we said earlier, Mm -hmm. it all starts from us and then it, it resonates out. Right. For me, it's all about awareness, which is a key. And being aware of how you feel in the moment. So if I'm working on a task, Sometimes I set a timer on my phone. I'll actually set an alarm and what goes off, I stop and I assess to see how I feel. And if I'm tired or if I'm frustrated, if I'm stressed, then I go into a couple of different breathing exercises Um, because when you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen, but the good things the body needs. So I'll breathe in the energy of what I want, such as kindness, or maybe it's joy or happiness. And then when you breathe out, you're breathing out the carbon dioxide, all the things the body doesn't need. So I'll breathe out the word that I'm experiencing, like stress. So I'll breathe in peace, breathe out stress. And I'll do that for two or three minutes. What that does is you'll have a physiological change in your body. It'll clear your mental mind. You'll get more focus, more clarity, more balance. And then you go back to the task at hand and it's done just like that. I'll also check myself during transition times and things. Um, continually throughout the day because it's incredibly important to stay in the higher vibrations to really bring in the prosperity and abundance that we all ask for. Yep. The self-awareness is exactly what you have to do because most of us carry energy that we don't need. So, you know, I know when I'm overstressed, my neck hurts or I carry it. And until I learned that that was one of the places that stores my stuff, the, the, the stuff that I don't need, then I don't need to carry that anymore. And I make sure in my own personal practice to make sure that I make time and I hold those times, you know, very sacred. You know, like you said, when you, you know, switch off a day, you know, you still make sure you make that time. Yes. Yes. What's another thing? So with the, with, with the healing heart, what are other things that you do to support your heart health? Uh, so awareness, taking time and keeping those boundaries And is there anything else? Oh, my gosh. Like I said, um, being out in nature and making sure that I'm filled up, whether it's just a few minutes or not. Um, 
Okay, I'll share this. I have this little coffee ritual that I do in the morning. I love to drink coffee, but a Buddhist monk once told me that I needed to switch to organic coffee, sit and meditate. And when I was done with my meditation, then drink my coffee. And I'm like, but the coffee's going to be cold. That's, that's just wrong. And so every morning now I get up ever since then. And I make the coffee, but I get organic beans, I grind them, I heat up the water, I use a French press, it's like a 15 minute thing in the morning, but as I'm doing it, I'm setting the intention and the tone for the day. And then I do sit, I do look out the window, I learn to drink my coffee cold. And I just stay in that energy until it's time for me to move into the day's activities. But I do that each and um, every morning. And it's just it's just become habit after gosh, eight years now. <laughs> but some of the things that come through, you get ideas, you get inspiration. Um, and an article about are you repeating empty, which has a car analogy, if your car runs out of gas, you're not going to have the energy to move throughout the day. So if you don't start your day full with a full tank, literally, you're going to run out of gas before the end of the day. So I've had all kinds of analogies and things like that come and it just moves me forward. So that's something personal that I do, this little coffee ritual. Well, I think that's great. <laughs> I, I think the support of that part of that message is also no matter what you're doing, you do it with intention, is do it in the now with the presence of this is what I'm doing. Uh, so, you know, the past couple of weeks I've been doing this detox uh, where I drink some a lot more water to make sure that I'm I'm hydrated, which helps my energy levels and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, in the morning, I, I set myself into a semi-routine where I drink this water and that. I put in this uh, vitamin and, and, and things like that. And But I do it with the intention, and I do it slowly uh, mm -hmm. because then that way I'm taking my time. It doesn't rush me. I don't let the dog. I've already walked the dog. That's the non-intentional, you know, uh, we have to follow that. <laughs> But, you know, having these, those intentions, and I think that's part of that message of having that cold cup of coffee, or even, I, I guess you're even starting the process is by preparing even the hot water is still with that intention behind it. Yes, it does. And one of the shifts that happened for me by doing this process, because it's more of like a little ceremony, when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm not racing. I'm not setting, you know, hitting the snooze button too many times. I'm getting up. There's a focus. I have a direction. I follow the same pattern and I'm not as tired when I get up in the morning and I have more energy. And I, just because I have this little structure routine that I go through. And I know that if I stay in bed too long, <laughs> I don't get to do this part of my day. And without it, I wouldn't function anymore. Yep. Yeah, we, we definitely get used to it. And that's the good thing. That's the part of having a routine and a successful routine if it's working for you. So if you need to do something, it's you need to do something, keeping that energy. Uh, I know when I, you know, not only with the water, the water has been pretty easy to keep up for me. Um, but with anything else, once you start doing it, and you start doing it <laughs> consistently. It's all about consistency and yes that's what brings it to the new pattern and you start you stop thinking about it it's like when you're driving and you know where you're going but somehow mm -hmm. it's the next exit it can't be the next exit because i've been driving for a while but it's because your brain has triggered and you know taught yourself how to move move ahead to 
keep that consistency and knowing what they could do on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that the, the trick though, is even if it's on autopilot to keep the intention of what it is that you want to create for the day. Yep. Intentions are the whole thing uh, because that, that's the action. Is that that's your guiding needle to make sure you get to the action to doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I agree with you on that. <laughs> 100%. Okay, all right. Well, I know I've taken a lot of your time, and I you know usually uh, keep around this time. Is there any sort of seeds you'd like to plant with our audience? where they might either start growing right away or they might be like, hey, I, I need to reach back to Donna and you know, Donna had said something. One of the things that I often think about is because I know we all go through hard times and I know I did, other people have, is I wrote this little mantra that I said often and I still say to this day, a friend of mine actually put it in a beautiful picture for me and I share it. It's in the Financially Fit book. And anytime that you're going through those hard, difficult times, think trust and you will see, believe and you will know, have faith, all is well, follow your heart and spirit will lead you. And faith, trust and belief are the three keys to opening up any prosperity door. So remember that. That's awesome. Wow. That that was like a home run hit. Thank you so much. Uh, and so how, how would we contact you? We'll, we'll put it all on the notes, but uh, mm-hmm. we want to hear it from you. <laughs> so here in the United States, the easiest way is if you have a cell phone, go to your text and it's a mobile text often. So the number is 26786 and type in the word abundance. So abundance to 26786, that's going to connect you directly with me. You can schedule a personal connection call. It connects you to all of the social media and all the content that's out there. And outside of that, the next easiest way is just the website, DonnaCampbell.com. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for your time, and, and I appreciate it. You've definitely yeah. given us some more knowledge about energy work, uh, being fit, uh, financially fit, and you know the healing hearts. And I, my, from my heart to yours, I really wish you the oh, best of everything. Thank you. thank you so much. And thank for you. all of our guests, you know, just wish them always peace and love because that's sort of what brings us back to ground. But if you have to bring a bat, nonviolent, and I hope you hit your sweet spot and hit it out of the park. Thank you so much and have a great day. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidchemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. 
I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.